0: Welcome, beautiful people, to Camp Koji. My name is Joel, and thank you for joining me as I break down the biggest gaming news from the week that was on the only podcast you will ever need. On today's show, we're going to talk a bit about Sony's SSD issues, the Ascent, and Halo Infinite. First, we have to catch up with all the news about Activision Blizzard. And that really was the big news of the week. So I feel like this episode. I've probably said, I'm, I'm probably 0 and 10 every time I say, every time I open up a show and say, yeah, this is going to be a short episode, I'm usually 0 and 10 when it comes to that. It's usually not a short episode, but this week, really, the, the major news across everywhere was still about Activision Blizzard and the resulting fallout from the lawsuit that we spoke about on last week's show. So I thought it would be beneficial to start this story off by going over a bit of a timeline from last week's event. So first off, 2000 Activision Blizzard employees signed a letter condemning the company's response to the allegations in the lawsuit. We also heard new stories um, coming out of Activision Blizzard. Some men came forward sharing stories of harassment, including unwanted shoulder rubs, being propositioned for sex, sexual harassments within their first day, and even a game that uh, apparently went around the office where men would try to grope one another's genitals. And kind of one of the, um, I guess, underlying main bullet points uh, at the end of this conversation about this story and be kind of going through all these things that went on last year excuse me last year last week the underlying bullet point really is to show just how much of this abuse and harassment just became part of the culture at blizzard culture is something that i would speak a lot about when talking about crunch creating a culture that supports crunch, and this is kind of along those same lines where once a culture is created and supported by leadership and support can come in the form of ignorance, just sort of ignoring all of these issues that are coming through, human resources within a company, ignoring complaints because they are working on behalf of the company they're looking out for the company's best interests and not the employee's best interests all of this sort of comes together and works hand in hand to create a culture that allows you know the men within that office to think that this game that they would play is something that is appropriate within a workplace setting obviously it is not according to one former blizzard developer share scarlet the company's frat boy culture also included senior managers engaging in games that involved groping male colleagues genitals one of them was called gay chicken where the first man to grab the others junk won. they told kotaku they said they knew of at least three men who reported blizzard to the dfeh in part leading to the legal complaint for sexual assault and harassment and uh, definitely want to give a shout out to Kataku. They've been doing a pretty good job of keeping up with this, putting out these uh, reports. Especially one of the big bombshell moments that happened last week, which we'll talk about uh, later on. We then finally got a response from Bobby Kotick, who, uh, as we all know, is the head of Activision. Who, aside from the typical PR spin, took the moment, in my opinion, to make himself look better, amongst other executive responses. Uh, because in his response, he said, quote, our initial responses to the issues we face together and to your concerns were, quite frankly, tone deaf. And within that uh, statement, he confirmed that Activision has hired the law firm Wilmer Hale to conduct a review of their policies. And I'll talk more about Wilmer Hale. excuse me, Wilmer Hale shoot wilmer hale a little later in this story because um you know it's definitely not it it sort of sounds like a good move like oh cool you hired a law firm someone third party someone from the outside looking in to conduct a review but later on you'll find out that this actually is worse and it is better and a lot of the he didn't really address many concerns that sort of was the only point of action outside of ensuring that they were going to make several changes to their video games um, based upon some of the complaints that they heard from players. One of them being uh, Yabi, who we heard was one of only two names that was mentioned in the DFEH lawsuit that was pointed out as a serial harasser. He apparently has a few characters in World of Warcraft that are named after him. It looks like that's part of the changes that Bobby Kotick was talking about, you know, just sort of BS, you know, theatrics is is what I like to call it, you know, same thing, I think I brought this up, uh, I think I brought it up last week, which was, you know, changing the name of Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima and making people sort of feel better, feel like, there's a progress happening within the company when, in reality, they're really not uh, doing anything. Employee walkout organizers uh, from last week's walkout responded to Bobby Kotick's email statement by pointing out the fact that the response did not address any of their demands. The demands that they were walking out for are the end of forced arbitration for all employees, worker participation in oversight of hiring and promotion policies, the need for greater pay transparency to ensure equality, employee selection of a third party to audit HR and other company processes. And as far as we know, absolutely none of these demands have been met or addressed by the company. Now, one day before employees were set to walk out, Kotaku dropped an article detailing the Cosby suite mentioned in the lawsuit along a photo depicting employees smiling while holding up a photo of Bill Cosby. Now, a lot of people are sort of immediately disgusted by the view of this photo, but there is a bit of reasonable doubt surrounding it. It was taken at BlizzCon 2013, a year before Bill Cosby's allegations really begun to spread through the public court. According to some employees, they have claimed that the suite was named after an ugly carpet that looked like a Cosby sweater, but honestly, it doesn't even matter if that was the undeniable truth. It just, it's just a really, really bad look for Blizzard. Do I totally believe it? You know, a lot of allegations that were levied against Bill Cosby really started, I think it was around 2004, 2005 but it didn't really reach the public lexicon, I guess, so to speak, until around 2014. And if some people remember, that was when comedian Hannibal Buress had a a uh, act that he did at a club go viral. Someone filmed it. And it was basically him talking about Bill Cosby being able to get away with everything that he's been able to get away with, even though he was, um, you know, criticizing other black comedians and um, uh, black people in general, in terms of like, I forgot what he said, something about pulling your pants up or something like that. And that went viral and that sort of restarted this conversation about built who Bill Cosby actually was so like I said there is a bit of reasonable doubt in terms of did these men really know what they were doing when they were holding up that photo do I totally believe that that suite was named after a what do you call it a carpet absolutely not no (laughs) you know this report from Kotaku is also accompanied by i think it was a facebook group chat i believe is what it was and um you know it's definitely a derogatory type of group chat you know type of typical stuff that you might just hear guys talking shit about but it also sort of alluded to afrasiabi being called the cause for example and you know it, it it's just one of those things where you know where there's smoke there's fire and it's it, um, it's too good to be true for me definitely to believe that this was named after an ugly carpet at some hotel where I think it was at apparently a boardroom that existed inside of Blizzard or, or something like that. Um, I think it's complete BS. Uh, I think those guys definitely knew exactly why they were in that photo or holding up a photo of Bill Cosby and, you know, um, looking back at it, I think it's, it's very easy to conveniently dismiss it as, well, that happened in 2013, you know, this really, you know, Bill Cosby and the allegations didn't really blow up until 2014. So, um, it, it, like I said, no matter what, it, it was just a really, really bad look for Blizzard for that photo to find its way out and then for Kotaku to put it out inside of um, an article. And then following that, there were just more stories that began to pour out specifically about Blizzard more so than Activision. Waypoint reported that a cybersecurity company whose security researcher had once been harassed by Blizzard employees at a hacking conference, charged a game developer a 50% misogyny tax when it sought a quote for security services they also reported on a 2018 incident in which an activision it worker set up a camera in one of the minnesota campus unisex bathrooms and recorded employees using the toilet that worker tony ray nixon was fired by activision and ultimately pled guilty to an interference with privacy charge so this particular instance in terms of someone installing a camera inside of a, of a bathroom is obviously awful, it's disgusting, but it's all, it, it's also one of those stories that because of everything else that surrounds it, it's hard to not connect that incident to everything else. In terms of this person, this Tony Ray Nixon sort of maybe feeling emboldened by the culture that existed that potentially existed inside of that that campus and sort of felt once again just emboldened and felt um, like it was sort of more okay to do what he did and maybe feel like even if he was caught that he probably wouldn't get fired maybe it will get swept under the rug or something like that it's hard to not imagine that those thoughts went through that guys head when he um went ahead and did what he did if this was sort of an isolated incident we would be maybe looking at it as okay that's great they definitely acted accordingly not only just firing this person but um allowing the the um the state to charge him with uh the crime that he should have been charged with but this sort of piece of news surrounded by everything else once again just makes it everything just look a lot worse and there really is no silver lining to it ign then published another report with stories from several former and current employees um one employee claiming that wow meaning world of warcraft makes money so the people at the top of wow are untouchable which means they get away with lots of shit also if you were there a long time which most of the WoW team leadership was you were quote unquote in the family and pretty much untouchable which is the breeding ground for behavior like this so once again just talking about a culture that um, activision and blizzard both of these companies allowed to fester i guess for lack of a better term it's not one that maybe they themselves created but it was one that they themselves cultivated because if you don't if you don't nip harassment and abuse kind of in the bud before you allow it to grow all it does is embolden the rest of your employees to do the same Um, and then especially if you have leadership taking part in it and, or leadership not, um, you know, firing and getting rid of people that are the root of that problem, such as Alex Afrasiabi until the point that you realize that the problem has become too large for you to sweep under the rug. It's become very, very noticeable. And then it's, it, it really truly becomes, it's either, you know the company or it's you and it should always be the company and the employees but you know when you are part of a leadership group that once again makes this choice to pr- protect harassers and protect abusers then at that point all you're doing is emboldening the rest of you're, you're doing a few things number one is you're emboldening the rest of your male employees to um, partake and brush off a lot of these things And then you are almost not, uh, what's, what's the term that I am looking for? You're basically getting your female employees used to this type of culture to the point where I wouldn't be surprised new female employees going into the company being told by other females, you know, these are the rules. These are the guys that you should probably try to avoid and probably being told about the abuse and harassment that goes on there and the fact that human resources really does nothing and going to it can only lead to potential retaliation a source who has since departed blizzard talked about how the room designated for breastfeeding didn't have locks apparently men would quote would uh quote men will walk into the breastfeeding room there was no way to lock the door they would just stare and i would have to scream at them to leave IGN understands that breastfeeding rooms have since been updated, with locks added to doors. I mean, just beyond disgusting and horrendous. I mean, this, like this, that's something that's completely indefensible. But once again, it goes back to what I was saying, which is the main issue that seems to have been happening at Activision Blizzard is cultivating this type of of, of culture, uh, uh, allowing this environment to continue to, to uh, grow and, and, you know, leadership continuing to normalize it to the point where a man would feel comfortable doing that, you know, like you have to understand that that meant that there was a guy on the other side of that door that walked in there and felt once again emboldened and felt encouraged to be able to walk in that room at any point in time, and then be able to just stare at these women that were breastfeeding and probably felt really comfortable that they would not get in trouble for something like that. Maybe laugh and make a joke out of it. Obviously, that person should be held responsible, but then at the same time, the company must be held responsible because that's not normal behavior. That's not something where. If we're talking about a normal regular work environment, which a lot of these companies do have these types of services for their female employees, having rooms dedicated to breastfeeding and pumping in in a normal workplace, you know, you wouldn't have men that would normally feel that confident that they can walk into that room and have their jobs at the end of the week, you know. Now, before this week, many seemed to feel that while Blizzard had its share of problems, the type of abuse detailed in a DFEH complaint would never happen on their teams. One woman talked about having to patiently sit and educate men about the issues at Activision Blizzard. Quote, Let me tell you, it's a conversation we're always having. I feel like because a lot of men are very protected. I don't mean they are protected by the company, but they just don't see it. It's very sad, but it was something I expected. This is all a surprise to them because they just don't know. And that's really just another perfect example of how people can fall so deep within the culture of a company that. Every action and inaction just seems normal. And sometimes it's not really until you stop and reflect and you look back at your time within a company and you really stop to to think about these moment-to-moment, once again, action and inactions and really start to realize, holy shit, this is, this is awful. <laughs> this is really bad. And that's not, once again, that's not in defense of, those men that stood by and decided not to speak up and um do more with a their privilege and be their possible power and influence within the company it's more about you know it's just like the bad getting so much worse uh, when a company just allows these things to grow and grow instead of stepping up and letting people go immediately when one of these issues are raised a woman formerly one of blizzard's hourly service roles talked about the agonizing process of trying to get time off approved by her manager in order to go to the doctor when an ultrasound raised the possibility of serious medical complications for her unborn child and um once again just another Corroboration based upon what we heard from the DFEH uh, lawsuit. An Activision Blizzard spokesperson said that Blizzard does not deny time off for pregnant women to see a doctor. So, once again, just a PR response. That was a response given to, I believe it was IGN, I guess, when they reached out to them about the story that they were going to run. They just basically said, no, we don't do that. So, <laughs> yep, sort of, uh, Typical PR response from these companies. Usually it's, yeah, we don't do that. I don't know what you heard that. While Activision Blizzard reportedly did did make some changes, one source described the process as just putting lipstick on it. Company-wide inclusive bias training was completed once at Activision, source to IGN, but money wasn't invested to make it sustainable. Over the weekend, the EVP of Corporate Affairs, Francis Townsend, would tweet out an article titled The Problem with Whistleblowing and begin to block anyone who objected to it even employees and colleagues. This was another major story last week especially since Frances Townsend was the woman who initially uh, excuse me who initially said that the DFEH lawsuit was meritless and basically kind of in so many words saying it was complete bullshit and then she kept talking about how her experience as a female within the leadership group at Activision has been great. She hasn't been harassed. So apparently that means that no other woman has ever been harassed in the history of Activision Blizzard. So she just pretty much doubled down by um, tweeting on an article that was titled the problem with whistleblowing in terms of obviously throwing shade at whatever employees came forward to. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't really call this whistleblowing, but more so, To continuously complain about the horrendous uh, well-being of being an employee at Activision and or Blizzard. So obviously a very, very, you know, she took something that was already bad and she made it so much worse um, to the point that honestly she should just no longer be with the company at this point. Uh, Because obviously you definitely have an EVP that is looking out for herself, looking out for the interests of the company and not the interests of the employees. Also over the weekend, Jeff Strain, former Blizzard developer and ArenaNet and Undead Labs founder, wrote an open letter letter calling for a full unionization of the games industry. Part of his letter read, toxic is a word so frequently used today that in some ways it has lost the true power and force of the word. We increasingly treat the word flippantly, sometimes even playfully. There are some situations, people and institutions that simply can't be brushed off with toxic and instead must be described more accurately. Abusive, cruel, abhorrent, unacceptable, and illegal. The Activision Blizzard disclosures this week have left me disgusted and repulsed, but not at all surprised. I also know that I have nothing to fear from unionization, nor does any company that pays employees fairly and equitably, provides quality health insurance, models respect and civility for female POC LGBTQ plus employees and supports a healthy whole life. It seems simple, but we clearly need help with it. The giants of this industry have shown us this week that we cannot trust them to moderate and manage the wealth and power that players and fans have given them. I welcome my employees to unionize and I'm giving my full endorsement and support to an industry-wide adoption of unions. Now, Jeff Strain is currently the head of Undead Labs. That is the team behind Stig of Decay. They were purchased by Microsoft, I believe in 2018, around that time microsoft has said absolutely nothing about this um but given how um you know companies treat unionization like you know the floor is lava don't touch it you know, i i kind of would be curious to see how xbox feel felt about this and this statement going out and if they would support Undead Labs unionizing. I think that will be very, very interesting to see since that company is technically a subsidiary of, uh, Xbox game studios. Um, we obviously haven't heard anything from Xbox. Most publishers and developers have been sort of, uh, keeping quiet. Some of them have come forward and and, and said things. We heard, um, a lengthy statement from Bungie, for example, but, I mean, unionization is something that we've been talking about a lot within this industry, and it's really gained traction within the last four years, I would say. And a lot of it has been due to work condition, has been due to the amount of crunch that employees have to suffer through. Um, And I think this industry is definitely... um, way past the need for a union at this point Uh, you know for those that don't know really the power of a union is you do give union dues or percentage of your paycheck is taking out in order to basically fund the union when it comes to help with defense for example in order to pay lawyers to lobby on behalf of the employees within a company and you know just dues in general in order to keep a union running but on average the amount of money that a person that's within a union is able to make makes up for that difference so yes you are paying union dues when you enter a union but usually now you have uh, now, all of the employees are part of union have access to collective bargaining, and that's basically every single employee being able to come together and have their union reps and lawyers be able to collectively bargain uh, new terms for their employment. And usually that is a bump of extra money in an average of, I think, three or four dollars more per hour. And obviously the same would apply to salaried and yearly employees for example, but a lot of it can be used to change really the well-being and the day-to-day activities for uh, employees. So for example, enforcing lunches and breaks, which I know for sure is a huge issue when it comes to... Our industry and crunch in general would be men and women working through lunch or eating lunch at their desks while continue to work on something. Obviously, working 11, 12, 13-hour days, 100-hour weeks, that's something that would be put to a stop when you are part of a union. You can immediately go to your representative and talk about being forced to do um, extra labor or forced into doing overtime. You know, going to your union and being able to see, hey, I'm not being allowed to take my lunch break when I'm supposed to be taking my lunch breaks. You know, you basically now have someone in your corner to hold a company accountable to the promises that they have made to you as an employee. And that's really the power of collective bargaining. And now we're talking about unionization for another reason, but equally just as important. And that is to protect the well-being of employees from things like harassment and abuse, for example, because not only are you going to human resources, now you can collectively go to your union and and you know say these complaints were brought to human resources and nothing is happening, or I've experienced retaliation. It's basically like having someone in your corner. And employers do not want unions Because of the fact that they can now collectively bargain, they have a little bit more power when it comes to work strikes. Um, You know, the worst thing, I guess, the enemy of any powerful entity in the world, whether it's a country, a business, is organization, is, you know, once people begin to realize the power that they have in numbers, and that's really what a union sort of represents is really power in numbers. And that's something that companies will pay, you know, given a limited budget to to a dedicated team of lawyers to work to prevent Amazon is notorious for it in order to, you know, lobby their employees and, you know, tell their employees that bad things will happen if they enter into a union, for example. Um, So it's a a huge deal. Do I think Activision is all of a sudden going to allow their teams to unionize hell no (laughs) it's definitely not going to happen but here's to hoping that you know as these stories come out as we hear these um calls to unionize more and more hopefully it's something that can happen to our industry and can happen industry-wide um because at the end of the day we as players benefit greatly from the you know the destruction of a lot of men and women's mental physical and emotional health because that's really what's being put at risk when it comes to crunch and that's really what's at risk when it comes to these other issues that we've been hearing about coming out of activision blizzard and also the the echoes that we're getting from ubisoft now, Wilmer Hale, let's get back to that company. Activision Blizzard is retaining the services of Wilmer Hale, Hale. And the reason why I want to bring that up again for when I mentioned it earlier in the show is that Wilmer Hale is a law firm that has previously been used by Amazon to prevent unionization. So, Bobby Kotick specifically mentioned Wilmer Hale and an email that he provided to his employees saying, Hey, if you have any issues, just send them to this email to wilmer hale and that's probably the absolute worst thing that you can do as an employer who knows what they'll have you sign some sort of nda to keep quiet at that point Um, that's probably the last thing you want to do as an employee is to give wilmer hale any type of information you're probably safer and better off going straight to the DFEH. and as of this morning of recording this episode uh, so, this just happened a few hours ago. J. Allen Brack stepped down from Blizzard. Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra will serve as co leaders. Now, J. Allen basically has become the fall guy, you know, and um, that's basically what this is. This wasn't a decision that came straight from J. Allen Brack. It's not like he stepped forward and took responsibility and said, you know, I've become a distraction. I think this company would be better without me. No, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened without being told exactly what happened because Activision Blizzard is definitely not going to tell us the play-by-play of how this went down. But I can tell you right now, J. Allen Brack was approached by Bobby Kotick and the rest of Activision's um, leaders and basically was told, um, you are now the scapegoat. Uh, We are asking that you leave. Here's a severance package. Uh, bye-bye and that's pretty much it their official wording was that Jalen Brack has left to pursue other opportunities uh, that is PR bullshit he was obviously forced out especially since his name was mentioned specifically in the DFEH lawsuit I guarantee you if his name was not brought up in that lawsuit J. Allen Brack would still have a job but he's basically the fall guy he's the person who is being the fingers being pointed at actually later this afternoon activision blizzard is having their investor call (laughs) which they'll be going over their numbers within the last quarter and obviously addressing a lot of these allegations i think they're going to go on the defense i think bobby Kotick will um also throw blizzard under the bus i think he will turn um maybe even potentially Uh, Throw J. Allen Brack under the bus by claiming that they're taking control of the the situation with these leadership changes in order to prevent uh, this issue from happening ever again. Uh, It's obviously going to be bullshit. Uh, Bobby Kotick. Bobby Kotick will definitely not be stepping down. I don't think that will happen. I think actually what will happen is this will extend his power into... Blizzard, because I believe Bobby Kotick will use this as fuel in order to get more uh, majority investors and other leaders in line to basically say, you see, Blizzard needs to be put under even more control. And we've already spoken about this on the show. Everyone has been speaking about this for years now that Blizzard is definitely a shorter, uh, excuse me, a shadow of its former self. I mean, the fact that so many pillars of this company have crumbled within just a matter of less than a decade and a lot of it happening after they were um, pretty much acquired and being absorbed by Activision. You've seen the quality of their releases go down, you've seen the changes, the impact that Activision has had on this company in terms of not taking risks, in terms of recycling, and in terms of um doing more with a lot less you've seen the impact that it had on their wild classic release their world of warcraft subscription numbers starting to drop and you know now more than ever that statement has now grown a lot larger in terms of blizzard is definitely not the company that they used to be and now it definitely will not be the company that it used to be you know who knows what will happen now. Who knows if parts of Blizzard will now begin to be absorbed by Activision, the same way that Activision has done to all these other companies that they have begun to acquire. Um, you know, it's it's anyone's guess in terms of what's going to happen. Who knows if Blizzard gets turned into a small development team instead of being a publishing arm, and you know the next. Overwatch 2 is published by Activision. You know, who, who who knows exactly what will happen, but that's sort of the writing on the wall right now. I personally also would not be surprised if later on in today's call, Bobby Kotick announces that Francis Townsend has also been asked to step down. Um, that has not been announced as of yet, but I think that would, it's, it's sort of like this positive little thing that you say for your investor call to make your investors feel like you're doing something uh, maybe make your employees feel like you're doing something um yeah this this is um you know there's so many moving pieces and um you know part of me can't ignore you know if this was bobby kodik playing chess and who knows you know what this D F E H investigation has been going on for two years who knows if this was bobby kodik saying yeah let's let's let them do their investigation let's let all this garbage go out there and I can use it as um, the catalyst for me to continue absorbing and taking over kind of what's left of Blizzard you know obviously maybe that's what's happening right now but uh, yeah like I said Jay Allen Brack is basically the scapegoat he's basically the fall guy and I'm pretty confident if his name was not in that lawsuit he would still be the uh the president of blizzard i mean look it's definitely a positive that a female is now at the head of, of blizzard even if it is just as a co-leader you know i guess that's sort of a glimmer of hope but you know these issues and a number of issues that we've been hearing out of activism blizzard this is like a top the to bottom i mean you're talking about an infestation at this point uh, and it's, it's pretty obvious that the human resources department can no longer be trusted. Um, you know, that's really where a house needs to be cleaned out. <laughs> if, if any house needs to be cleaned out, it should be um, human resources. But, you know, you also see echoes of what happened at Ubisoft. The same thing happened. There were like these scapegoats. There were all these firings. And, you know, according to employees of at Ubisoft, not really much has changed and um you know kind of the only thing that feels like would be a guarantee at this point would be unionization and it shows just how much of a threat it could become to any company if you do not take control of uh your human resource department and take control of employees from the very beginning and you know once again choose your employees over your leaders and say no I can't let this one guy take down my entire company because he can't keep his hands to himself and it looks like that's what happened at Blizzard was uh, especially in the case of Afrasiabi maybe G. and Brack looked at this guy like oh man this is my best friend I can't let this guy go down and um you know he allowed it to happen and it cost him his position at uh at blizzard but look we'll have to wait and see do i expect major sweeping changes during today's investors call no do i expect activision blizzard to take some small steps and hope that you know the news cycle washes over this issue yeah i i, I do think that that's really what's going to happen is up to gamers and their employees to ensure that um this story is really not forgotten that they're not able to just simply move on uh our next stories are just small things that i want to touch on number one being sony's ssd upgrade issues so last week sony released a i guess a beta update for the playstation 5 and part of that beta was that they were finally going to allow people to use that extra slot that they built into the PlayStation 5 when it shipped that would allow you to expand the SSD memory. Now, this has been something that has been one of the major issues from PlayStation 5 owners is the relatively small install space that the PlayStation 5 shipped with. It shipped with, I believe, 825, but only 600 and something, 650, I think it was, around that that number, were what was actually accessible. Um, to users and players when it comes to actually being able able to download and install updates and different things and you know as as these games get bigger and bigger and more and more companies start to rely on the SSD we're only going to see bigger and bigger games coming out Warzone is a repeat offender in terms of the amount of space it takes up and more and more players are beginning to understand that buying a physical disc is not really a remedy for it since most of these games just straight up install into the SSD in order to take advantage of the speed of the drive. And as more and more games introduce technology and features that are relying on a SSD, we're just gonna start to see these install sizes begin to balloon. So at some one point of another or another, PlayStation had to do this. The problem, though, was that PlayStation chose to go about it in literally the worst way that I think any company can do. And I think that definitely when we talk about the positive and the negative of the PlayStation 5 this cycle and within the last year, one of the glaring negatives from Sony and PlayStation has definitely been their messaging. It's just been awful. Um, This is one of those things that PlayStation should have understood that a lot of fans were looking forward to this, that it was one of the most requested features from fans when the PlayStation 5 first launched was being able to expand the memory. And they should have just taken it a lot more seriously. Even if it's just a beta, PlayStation should have been way better prepared with more than just some um, IKEA paper instructions for, for making these swaps. It became instant confusion because players were having to go to different sources. They were having to rely on media in order to tell them what SSDs would work, which ones would not work. You know, PlayStation should have been more prepared in terms of, okay, guys, we know that on Thursday, we're rolling out this beta upgrade, even though the beta will only be accessible to certain members, we have to get this information ready because we know that people who don't have access to this upgrade are still probably going to want to go out and buy the SSD in preparation for when that upgrade actually goes public. So at that point, this should have been a slam dunk for PlayStation. It should have been as easy as having those paper instructions, but also having a video ready, showing people how it's done, um, having a list of uh, officially approved SSDs, really going into a deep explainer in terms of why what exactly is a heat sink why is it needed you know these are terms that a generic gamer who just buys a playstation does not really understand because this is just not normal you know even with the last playstation you can have an external hard drive you didn't have to change the internal one um you know i think gamers are used to memory cards we see what xbox is doing the fact that they have just a proprietary solution that you just plug it into the back. A lot of people were bringing up how two hundred twenty dollars for one terabyte, one terabyte is expensive, but that really is because of the partnership that Xbox made with Seagate. Once that partnership dissolves and other companies are able to make their own cards for Xbox, now you you have competition in the market xbox will now be able to maybe even introduce their own proprietary ssd cards that plug in uh you know now it's just seagate maybe we'll see something from other companies doing the same you know in order to introduce expansions so you know that price of 220 in my opinion is not that bad a one terabyte for a playstation is looking to be about that price 200 to twenty around there. And that one terabyte card that was introduced by Seagate was sort of regularly on sale. Sometimes you can find it for 190 $200. And what's interesting also about this SSD upgrade is it's really, it's not that bad. I feel like a lot of players are making it worse uh, than it really is at that point. You know, I, I was watching a video just to see what the process is like yeah you have to unscrew like one or two things but this is one of those things that I think if you're a power user you're going to go after that two terabyte stick and it's like you're just going to install it once and just completely forget about it um obviously making sure that it has a heat sink is sort of an issue but once again this is why playstation should have been prepared but then at the same time it's not as bad as I think people are making it out to be. Is it annoying? Is it more work than, you know, an Xbox user? Yes. Do I think it's like this huge major deal? No, you know, you're, you're literally popping off the plate and you are unscrewing. I think it's two to three screws. Uh, You're plugging that sucker in and you're just screwing everything back in. It's really not that big of a deal. It's more of Xbox stands that want you to feel like this is like, oh my God, look at how much work you need a a, a you know a, a degree in a PC building in order to do this. No, it's really not that crazy. But then again, you know, PlayStation really is at fault for not preparing this and and making it be known that this was uh, going to happen. It should have been better prepared when it comes to this but once again i I think it's just it's not that big of a deal and uh you know before we go i just really wanted to touch on the ascent and halo infinite so the ascent was recently released on game pass and man i'm just having a lot of fun with this game the fact that this was built by 12 players is pretty mind-blowing it's interesting that the the environment is more dense more cyberpunk more blade runner like than what we saw from cyberpunk 2077 a game that had thousands of employees working for it and this game with 12 guys i feel like the world is more engrossing than what you would see out of uh something like cyberpunk it feels way more lived in it just feels more dense dirty dingy you know uh when you're walking around just feels better feels like a much more living environment it's just as simple as you know walking into a place and seeing conversations happen and you know some people over here leaning over a railing some you know it, it just feels lively compared to what we saw of cyberpunk and it's just fun so definitely if you have game pass, i would give this a try yes there are issues there are bugs that i have encountered um, but I still just keep going back to that 12 person team and, uh, you know, I haven't encountered anything game-breaking. I've only, I think once there was one moment where I had to quit out, uh, because there, I had some sort of audio bug that everywhere I was walking, I kept hearing what sounded like fireworks and some of these, um, other small visual bugs that I encountered, you know, a couple the menus are horrendous. I think this game has probably one of the worst menu systems I think I've seen in a game lately. But I just keep going back to 12, 12 people that made this game. And, you know, I'm sure they're working on these fixes. And for the most part, the game um, absolutely does work. Definitely better on Xbox than PC. I tried it out on PC and I had a lot of, of issues with stuttering. But the Xbox version, Xbox Series X works smoothly. I think the only issue is load times. The load times are a little long for, you know, a game of this generation utilizing the SSD. I think I tweeted out that the MVP is Xbox's quick resume. The fact that I don't have to go through that initial loading, which is, uh, I think, kind of feels like a minute. Um, I know it's a first world problem, but uh, it's not really indicative of what my expectation would be from a game in this generation but definitely if you have xbox if you have game pass please check this game out it's just a lot of fun and uh halo infinite halo infinite had their flight over the weekend and um it just seemed to be overwhelmingly positive you know i was able to play it i um was playing the steam version i was given access to the pc version play with mouse and keyboard play with controller and, um, yeah, the review I would give it is just, um, you know, um, uh, it's Halo. I think there's really no other review. That's like the most glowing positive review that you can get for this game. It's just, it's Halo. It plays like Halo. It feels like Halo. It feels like 343, you know, took the best of all their games and kind of mishmashed them together into one multiplayer experience and it just works really 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 well and um you know i'm i just feel overjoyed for that team of 343 you know last year they were just crushed by the media crushed by social media and fans and playstation 5 stands in terms of how that looked we all remember um what do you call it uh what was his name? Greg, was it? Was that the name of the, the infamous um, character that became the face of that showing of the campaign? And now it's just overwhelming positivity coming out of this flight. And they confirmed that there will be additional ones. There definitely were glitches. There were issues. My game crashed like twice. There will be some issues where... Uh, my key bindings would be remembered and I will have to redo them. Uh, I had some audio issues from time to time. Server issues like sometimes you. It looked like you were about to go into a match, but then you were kicked back to the menu, but nothing major. It's, it's definitely obvious that the game is still not fully optimized just yet, but you know, this game is still months away. We're talking about this game coming out in November and the build that we played now in july going to august they did confirm was a build from around may june and i think it's pretty stable for something that um is from may june and it's still months away and um yeah like i said nothing but you know but praise for that 343 and i just feel so happy for them as a team you know once again i can't imagine how bad they must have felt um last year And then now to now, just one year later, having people telling them, man, this is great. This is the Halo that I really wanted. I know a lot of people are praising the lack of aim assist, which is something that has plagued a lot of cross played games, playing with and keyboard, playing with controller. I will say I definitely did not feel like there was a lot of aim assist in the game. And I know that a lot of uh, competitors are praising them for it. But um, yeah, I mean all I can really say is walking away from it, I had a lot, a lot of fun with it. I definitely did not play as much as other people because I mean, let's be honest, playing against bots is not really as fun as other people were making it out to be. Um, even though the bots were a good challenge, I think, I think they were a good addition for people that are new to the franchise. I think it, it will serve as a good stepping stone going into public matches, but bots definitely cannot replace human players it doesn't matter how good you think you are against a bot i guarantee you will get smacked up if you go into public a public playlist which they were they did allow for an hour unfortunately i didn't have time much time to play i only played two matches i went one and one um but yeah it's just it's just fun that's really the the best way i can i can say it really brought me back to my days of playing Halo 2 and Halo 3 and like I said it just felt really really good so definitely the utmost praise I'm so happy for that team at 343 and it reminded me once again if this game's campaign is not ready they have to release the multiplayer mode this November and I'm hoping that these tests allow for that and it allows for microsoft and xbox to if they have to make that decision to say okay it's okay to split up these two this week's high releases we have august 3rd apex Legends season 10 starts today and august 5th we have the falcon air ps4 ps5 and switch now it's time to wrap it up uh stories we didn't have time to get to reports from various media outlets are reporting that horizon forbidden west has been delayed to early 2022. This is not really a surprise. Once again, this is not 100% confirmed by Sony. I jokingly said that this was definitely going to happen a few months ago because I said Breath of the Wild was delayed. So that means that this game must also be delayed. It's the prophecy that these two games, their sequels also release just like their originals they have to release in the same calendar year. Um, This is, I think this is kind of a blow for PlayStation xbox is having such a really really good pr year with game pass and you know going into this holiday season with um halo infinite um is is it's sort of a big deal for playstation to not have anything this does give them a really good 2022 if they're also able to release god of war at the end of 2022 um And who knows what else they have working on behind the scenes. We heard about Last of Us Remake. Maybe that also comes out next year. So it looks like they will have a good 2022. But in terms of what we can expect from Sony at the end of this year, it kind of sucks that they don't have their big game of the year. But at the end of the day, maybe they have something that we don't know about. Last week, Nintendo tweeted that more content was on the way for Animal Crossing New Horizons. I I tweeted about this. I will say that Animal Crossing New Horizons will go down in history as one of the biggest dropped bags in gaming history. 30 million sold in one year. And I just... Nintendo is hands down the weirdest company (laughs) within our industry. It's just one of those things where I just don't understand what they're doing. You know, any company hears, hey, we sold 30 million of this game in one year. I mean, they are pulling employees from projects they're uh you know chopping up teams they're bringing teams together to ensure that they have more content whether it is free or whether it's paid i mean i, I can't imagine how much money is being left on the table for a nintendo not doing some sort of you know uh season pass type of dlc where 20 dollars gets you four seasons full of you know um content um, on top of a free stream of content, I just I I don't understand what Nintendo is doing over there. uh And finally, Bungie and Ubisoft recently filed a lawsuit against the people who it claims are running Ring One, a website that makes and sells cheats for various games like Destiny Two, PUBG, and Rainbow Six Siege. We're sort of reaching this point right now in free to play games that it seems like the winner uh, of popularity seems to come down to who can stop cheaters the best and. We're seeing Call of Duty Warzone having a lot of negative feedback. And when you look at a game like Halo Infinite coming up free to play, X defying from Ubisoft becoming free to play. So much of this competition coming forward that these companies need to really start ramping up uh, their anti-cheat. And I think they need to be a lot harsher when it comes to hardware bans. Uh, Activision has confirmed that they do hardware ban repeat offenders. But maybe they just need to start getting into this moment of, yeah, I think we're going to have to start hardware banning first time offenders, because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that buy cheats just to try them out, you know, and just to have a little bit of fun. And maybe they're not people that just keep continually creating new, um, what do you call it, new accounts. But I think you have to put that fear out there that, hey, just so you know, even if you use an anti- a, a cheat um, for one match minimum you are still um, eligible to get, to be hardware banned and for those that don't know when they ban you they attach it to your motherboard so basically you have to get a whole brand new system or a whole brand new motherboard in order to play that game again so I think they just need to increase how harsh those penalties are that's it for our show, shout out to Sony. PS5 has reached 10 million in sales. Also shout out to Xbox. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said that the Xbox Series X and S makes up Microsoft's fastest selling console line ever. And we all know how well Game Pass is doing. Said this before in this show, it's so great to see all three of these companies doing really, really well. Thank you so much for joining me. And please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Camp Koji for future updates. Once again, I'm Joel and I will see you next week.